0: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Thursday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, as well as at SBN across all forms of social media and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this, we're working our way through the second week of spring training, really the last week before we start getting into some games as we head into late February. Of course, we're going to get into the Braves playing their spring training games, but also we're going to get into, you know, a few Braves and many, you know, uh, great talents across Major League Baseball playing in the 2023 World Baseball Classic, and there's been many storylines that we've talked about so far in spring training, looking at the you know pitching health of you know Michael Soroka as well as Kyle Wright. We'll touch on that a bit, a little bit later on in this episode. But one thing that we haven't talked about that much is the position players. Now we've discussed. Ronald Acuna Jr., we've discussed Ozzy Albies, the importance of both of those players bouncing back. Obviously, you know, looking at the shortstop position, you know, just how productive can Vaughn Grissom be? It's looking like he's going to be the main shortstop for the Braves this season. And we'll touch on the shortstop, DH, and left field positions plenty as time goes on, and and the players that really establish themselves as the go-to guys in each of those spots, they reveal themselves by having productive springs. But one other player that I want to talk about who I'm really excited to see what he can do in his second season in a Braves uniform is Matt Olson. And the reason that I say that is because Matt Olson continues to be, in my opinion, one of the best difference makers for this Braves team. A productive Matt Olson, You know, I, I mentioned it several times last year. As good as the Braves are, the Braves having a healthy Ronald Acuna Jr. is what really puts them over the top in the playoffs or in you know um, uh, you know games against competitive teams, what have you. We saw flashes of that for Ronald Acuna Jr., but we really did not see that over an extended period of time outside of uh, the early August last season. This year, hopefully, we're going to definitely see that for an entire season. Maybe Ronald Acuna Jr. could put together an MVP-type season. He definitely has the talent to do so but with matt olson the reason why i'm so encouraged and excited to see what he could do in his second year in atlanta is when you really break down his 2022 season with the braves there are some encouraging signs that if there could be a bit more consistency you know from him this year you really could see him take off and potentially challenge the 2021 season that he had as being the best season of his career. Now, the thing about it is is that last year, I don't necessarily know if there was, you know, you can call it a disappointing season. Matt Olsen had 36 home runs. He had um 103 RBIs for the Braves. So overall, a very excuse me, 34 home runs and 103 RBIs. A very productive season for Matt Olson. But when you compare it to his 2021 season, and I think that this is where his season despite how productive it was despite how productive Olsen's 2022 season was counting stats wise it was it looked a bit more disappointing than it may have actually been because of how good his 2021 season was. You know, for instance, in his 2021 season, Matt Olson was worth 5.1 FR. He was uh, he was worth only 3.1, and I say only because it's a two full FR drop-off, but he was worth a 3.1 FR last year. In 2021, his OPS was a 911. In 2022, it was an 802. So you saw over a hundred-point drop in OPS. One of the reasons why there was a bit lower production for Matt Olson last season is because in 2021, he had a walk rate of 13.1%, and he had a, sh- a strikeout rate of 16.8%. Both are, well, the walk rate was the second best of his career, best over a full season, and the um, strikeout rate by far was was the best of his career. So perhaps one of the things that is going to happen going forward is it may be a bit unrealistic to expect for Matt Olsen to have a strikeout rate below 20%. He may settle into that 22, 23, 24, 25, what have you range when it comes to his strikeout rate. Um, in 2022, it was at 24.9%, but his uh, bat, but his um, walk rate was at nearly 11%, a little bit lower than what it was in 2021, but still very productive. So in terms of putting the ball in play sure he had a bit of a significant drop off he struck out a bit more in 2022 than in 2021 but it was basically within his career norms it's likely 2021 may be an outlier with how low the strikeout percentage was but even if Olsen was to settle into that 22 to or that 23 to 25% uh K rate per year if he can maintain a uh Walk rate of around 11%, that still is highly productive. It still shows, obviously, his selection of when to swing the bat is definitely above average and in a good spot. And the other encouraging sign of this is that the Zips projection system has very, very favorable projections for Matt Olson, They project him to be worth 4.6 F4 in 2023, 4.1 in 2024, and 3.3 in 2025. That's a highly productive player at first base for the Braves. And each of those seasons, they're projecting him to uh, to hit 36 home runs, 34 home runs, and 30 home runs as well. So the whole point is, is that while Matt Olson's 2022 season may have been a bit disappointing compared to his 2021 season. And there's not just an overwhelming reason. It's not like his batted balls in play showed he was incredibly unlucky or anything like that. It was just the simple fact that Matt Olson probably didn't have as much luck. He didn't put the ball in play as much. His overall, con- his overall level of contact and the impact of his contact, they were pretty consistent with where his career was. So it's not as if there was a, you know, worrying trend that occurred but also there's not like there was a bit of unluck it was just a simple fact that there was a drop in production due to a higher strikeout rate as well as the fact that he was probably adjusting to league pitching but there were also were two other important factors from last season that really make me excited for, uh, for Matt Olson's 2023 season and why his production could go up to the level that many of us had hoped he would show right out of the gate last year. For one, Matt Olson, as we all know, going into late July, into August through September, there was about a two-month stretch between middle of July and middle of September where Matt Olson just was in an absolutely horrid slump. And the numbers show that that actually was the worst stretch of Matt Olson slumping in his career. If, if you look, you know, at different, if you look at any fifty-game span over Matt Olson's career since two thousand and eighteen, between July or between um, July of last year through September of two thousand and twenty-two that really was the time in which Matt Olson was struggling pretty significantly. The only other time was actually between April and June. So Matt Olson actually had two stretches from late April through early June and then from late July through early September, where he struggled to a level that he has not done before over the past five years. And with where the metrics suggest his contact levels were, and how hard he was hitting the ball, it's not as if Matt Olson has hit some type of cliff. My my encouragement for 2023 is that if he still put up the numbers that he did last year, but did it while he struggled to a level that he had not before, there's going to be bounce-back opportunity for Matt Olson this year. And when he bounces back, it's going to be a lot of fun to see, especially now with the shift no longer being in play. But the other really encouraging sign for me, for Matt Olson, is the fact that when the Braves needed for him to be productive, when they needed for him to step up and be a difference maker, he absolutely showed up and showed out. I'm talking about the end of last year when he had the six or seven game streak of hitting a home run. He was absolutely. Absolutely incredible in that series against the Mets. I think both him and Dansby Swanson hit a home run in each of those games. Was productive as heck against the Marlins, securing the division title, and arguably was the best offensive player for the Braves against the Phillies. In four games, he hit two home runs, had five RBIs, a 1,300 OPS. Matt Olson showed up to be the difference maker we all know him to be when it mattered most. So when you consider the fact that, you know, there really, you know, in the underlying numbers, there really was not any worrisome trends from Matt Olsen in 2022 that led to a bit of a drop-off from 2021. When you consider the fact that just he had a few you know, stretches of slumps that he had not experienced before, which you're likely not going to see him do again with how good of an offensive player that he is, and with the fact that he showed up and was as productive as he was against high-level competition when it mattered the most, that's those are three reasons as to why I'm highly encouraged Matt Olson will truly be a difference maker for the Braves many times this season and really could be an anchor for a lineup that needs the power to get the job done especially against some of the major league baseball's better teams. I think Matt Olson will show to be a consistent source of power and production this year, and we already know he can do it when it matters most. It'll be fun to see him do it again plenty of times this year as the Braves need him to be that source to really have a shot at the 2023 World Series.
0: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The good news is that as spring training progresses and and you have, you know, the players working out and and being able to adjust the different uh, types of workouts that they're able to do. For instance, Grant McCauley, you know, uh, co-host with uh, Corey McCartney, of Battery Power YouTube TV. And, you know, Grant McCauley, who's been one of the best when it comes to Braves coverage for years now, you know, he puts, posted some pictures um, and some videos on Twitter uh, yesterday, you know, showing Max Freed and Spencer Strider going up against some of the Braves' better hitters. And it was a lot of fun to see, um, you know, with Max Freed, who, you know, his first time through the order, you know, going through Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, and others looked absolutely magnificent. But then the second time Ronald Acuna Jr. got to face him, it yeah, Ronald took him deep. So a lot of fun to see the pitchers and, 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 and position players going at each other. But the other encouraging sign is that yesterday brought with it an update as far as, or excuse me, a bit earlier this week, brought with it the update that Mike Sir, Michael Soroka is continuing to feel better. He, he's getting a bit more ramped up in terms of his activity. He's been playing catch. He's been out and about and active, you know, during the workouts. And he spoke and said that, you know, when it came to his hamstring injury, he was feeling stronger he was feeling it was getting back to 100% so it seems like the Braves and you know hopefully in the coming days are going to be able to work with him to get some bullpen action going you know to get ramp up you know his you know regiment of activity to where maybe he will be able to as we get into march He'll be able to put some appearances together to show that he can be relied upon. You know, perhaps in that second series of the season against St. Louis, perhaps he can get a start in for the Braves at that time. But at the very least encouraging to see that he's continuing to get better and hopefully we will be able to uh, really get going as far as his production and, and his overall ability to to be a part of the spring rotation for the Braves. Beyond that, there's really not been any news as far as, you know, opportunities on the Braves front. Obviously, you know, continuing to, you know, get good positive, um, 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 Results get positive news. Buster only had a, an excellent, you know, some excellent comments about um, Ian Anderson. You know, and him adding a slider through his repertoire. Obviously, we're continuing to get good uh, news from uh, Von Grissom and how he's looking at shortstop. So right now, the good, the just simple way to follow spring training is that you don't want to hear any injury news, and you just want to hear all positive information. You're more than likely going to keep hearing that. We've not yet, at least I've not come across it, of the patented best shape of his life, best shape of his career. We haven't come across that for any of the brace players so far. We still might in time. But it's really good to hear that, you know, some of the, you know, Injury issues that we heard a week or so ago, we're starting to see Kyle Wright, Michael Soroka. You know, good good news as far as them bouncing back. Good positive news on Ian, Ian Anderson as well, and really good to see that you know the Braves are continuing to see what they're continuing to like what they see. From Vaughn Grissom, Ronald Acuña Jr., Ozzy Albie's, and others. But as we continue on talking about, you know, different aspects of this Braves team and some underrated aspects of this Braves team, we know that the Braves need to figure out the back end of their rotation. They need to figure out left field, shortstop, DH. You know, we know obvious areas where the Braves really are trying to figure things out. But one important area that I think also needs to be figured out, and it may not be. For a while, even going into the regular season, who's going to hit in the number two hole? at the top of the order for the Braves. Now, in my opinion, you have Ronald Acuna Jr. in the first spot. That's his preferred spot. He's been absolutely outstanding in that spot when healthy. And going into this year with the fact now that base runners are going to have more advantageous opportunities to use their speed on the base pass, I think that's absolutely something the Braves should embrace like crazy when it comes to Ronald Acuna Jr. Obviously, within reason, keeping his health in mind. But make no mistake about it. I definitely do think Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of the best bets for her 40 40 season this year. And then, of course, in the batting order, you've got Austin Riley as well as Matt Olson in the three and four spots. So, when it comes to the top of the Braves order, I think that, I think actually that that's the three spots that right now you can, you know, make a stone cold lead lock, however secure you want to make it. You can bet, and I'll even say guarantee, that Ronald Acuna Jr. will be in the first spot, Oster Miley will be in the third spot, Matt Olson in the fourth spot, and those three players being the top half of the Braves lineup gives this Braves lineup, one, it makes it one of the best in baseball. But who fills that number two spot? Dansby Swanson did a very good job in that number two spot from the time Ozzie Albies, now even before Ozzie Albies, got hurt. Dansby Swanson did outstanding in that number two spot for much of last season. Now, he struggled towards the end of last year, but just like Matt Olson, Dansby Swanson absolutely made a difference in that Met series um, and, and against high-level competition at times out of the number two spot, putting him in that two spot where he did have, you know, at least reasonable to above average at times, you know, uh, discipline skills, you know, back-to-ball skills, what have you, Dansby Swanson was was fine overall in that number two spot, though he did slump at times. But with him now in Chicago, the Braves do have that opening to field. So what player makes the most sense to feel that number two spot? There are some candidates out there. You've obviously got Ozzie Albies. I know for years, Braves fans have been, you know, looking at the, you know, top of the order being Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies as being the options. Could he fill that role? Perhaps, but the thing about Ozzie Albies is, is he going to have the discipline numbers, the walk numbers, to really be able to you know work pitcher's counts and you know be in that position? Also, is he going to be able to bounce back to where he was before last season? Because again, before he got injured, Ozzie Albies struggled some at the plate. So Ozzie Albies could be the natural person to put the number two spot, and I don't necessarily think it's a negative thing to see what he can provide out of that spot immediately. But another player that I do think could make some sense, and that I think showed enough success at the plate last year where the Braves can trust him in that number two spot until he proves otherwise if he were not to be productive, isn't Michael Harris the second? And the big reason why I feel that it makes sense to put Michael Harris the second is in the second spot is number one. It brings you know balance to the top of the order. Ronald Acuña Jr. batting right-handed. Michael Harris the second left. Austin Riley right. Um, and then uh, Matt Olson left. So you got some balance at the top of the order. You know, Michael Harris has shown the ability to be able to, you know, be productive, you know, at the plate. He, his walk numbers did improve as time went on. He obviously was productive at the plate when it came to his power, his, his uh, run producing ability. But one of the big reasons why I put him at the top of the order, especially against right handers is because of his ability on the pace pass, just like Ronald Acuna Jr. If Michael Harris II can sustain his level of production from last year going into this year at the plate, it's going to be hard to find another power-speed combo at a top of the order than Ronald Acuna Jr. and Michael Harris II, especially with the new rules in place. So I think it's going to be basically right-handers. I think that you're when it comes to filling that second spot in the order, probably going to see the Braves adjust based off whether they're facing a right-hander or a left-hander, because as we know, as you typically see with young left-handed hitters, they struggle with same-sided pitchers, and Michael Harris definitely had his struggles against left-handed pitchers last year. But against right-handers, I think the leader in the clubhouse to fill that second spot in the order should be Michael Harris II. I know that that takes away an important cog in the bottom of the order, and the Braves absolutely, their bottom of the order, was a big reason why they went on that historic, you know, winning rate from June of last year on but you also want to get your most productive batters as many at bats as possible and in this year more than ever you want to get your you want to get your most productive base runners as many opportunities as possible. So for that reason, I do think, especially against right-handers, Michael Harris II probably makes the most sense. Against left-handers, you could naturally put Ozzy Albie's in the second spot because he has shown, you know, a bit more consistency. They're, 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 Matt, Ozzie Albie's has typically been more productive against left-handed pitching, left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching. So when it comes to the middle, or when it comes to that second spot in the order, which in my opinion, it's very important for the Braves to find the right combination of players to put in that spot, with the fact that they do have some team speed they could really utilize on the base pass in front of Riley and in front of um, um, Olsen and behind Acuna Jr., that likely is going to lead to another platoon. Michael Harris II being the guy against right-handed pitching with Ozzie Albies being the guy against left-handed pitching. And you can adjust from there, but if you can put in that platoon of Harris II against right-handers and Ozzie Albies against left-handers in that number two spot, if you can get the type of production that both of those players are capable of against that side of pitching that they'll be facing, that could be a big boost. And you really could see the top half of this Braves order be one of the most productive in baseball. Last year, it struggled at times, though I will say the top half of the order for the Braves made a huge difference when it needed to at the end of the year and especially in that series against the Mets. It did fall off, unfortunately, a bit. Against the Phillies. But if the Braves can figure out that number two hole, and I think they have a natural platoon option that they really could utilize between Harris II and Albies, that can add a big boost to this Braves lineup and can really make them one of the most productive top half of the orders in baseball. Which, in a year where you could see offense really start to make a comeback due to better base running opportunities and the shift being gone, that could be a huge boost to the Braves overall chances of being where they want to be for the postseason. Once again, can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. You'll find all the great podcast content from batterypower.com, at batterypower.sbn, across all forms of social media, at batterypower.com, and free on all podcast platforms. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. Always a pleasure to be with you. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.